can, smile and breathe at the same time. the sound of my voice, I'm here to tell you there's hope because God is still in charge. And you don't have to live in despair. You don't have to live in discouragement. You don't have to live frustrated. You don't have to live unmotivated. You don't have to live unhappy. You don't have to live without joy. You can live in the fullness of God because he breathed fresh on you. If he withdrew his breath, we'd have no life. And Lord, I thank you, God, that your breath is fresh, fresh on each and every one of us. Lord, you're going to do a good work, a mighty work, a great work today. Lord, I thank you that this is just the beginning of a work. Our goal isn't a one-year goal. Our goal isn't a ten-year goal. Our goal is an eternal goal, a generational, a legacy goal that says, what can we build for the generations coming behind us? What can we grow? What can we do? And Lord, I pray that you would just do your will. Have, have your will. Have your way today in our lives. Holy Spirit, move in me and lead me. I, I want to read a passage of scripture to you, and, and I'm actually going to do it something different. I normally read it out of the King James, New King James Version, but I'm going to read this out of the uh, message version today, and it's Ezekiel chapter 37. You can see and watch along with me on the screens. It said, God grabbed me. Everybody say grab. God's Spirit took me up and sat me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones, bleached by the sun. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And he said, I said, Master God, only you know that. He said to me, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Over these bones, dry bones, listen to the message of God. God, the master, told the dry bones, watch this, I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you will come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat to your bones, and cover you with skin, and breathe life into you, and you'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God. I prophesied just as I have been commanded. How many know that's important, that uh, obedience, right? Always precedes blessing, and when you, sometimes when you don't feel like it, you just need to obey it. As I prophesied, there was a sound, oh, a rustling. The New King James says rattling. That new wonderful song by Elevation, rattle, rattling. The bones moved and came together bone to bone. I kept watching sinews form, then muscles on the bones, then skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. In other words, they had structure. They had a good structure, but they had no real life. Well, I've got a family, I've got a house, I've got a job, I go to school, I've got, I got structure. And this is what God is trying to say, don't lean on your structure, lean on the breath. That there, There's something, there's something more powerful than just having shape. I can have a lot of shape in my life, but that doesn't make my life great. My life is great because of the breath of God in my life. He says, so he's formed them. And, and then he said, on verse 9, he said, said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath. God the master says, come from the four winds. Come, breath. Breathe on these slain bodies. Breathe life. 
So I prophesied just as he commanded me to breathe. The breath entered them and they came alive and they stood on their feet, a huge army. Lord, in Jesus' name, it wasn't a few. It was an army, a vast army. And I thank you. It's not just mostly that are going to hear the word. It's a whole army of God that will hear the word. It's not some who will hear the word. It's a whole army of God. It's not some who will come to life. All will come to life. It's not those who are perfect will come to life. All will come to life. It's not those who have it all figured out together. Lord, it's, it's all will come to life. And I thank you, God, that we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to be perfect. God, you are going to breathe new life into each and every one of us. And I thank you for it today. Holy Spirit, help me accomplish the assignment for which you have me on today. Help me to flow with you and move with you and speak what you would have me to say. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's give God a praise again. You may be seated in this wonderful presence and atmosphere of God. Uh, it's incredible to be with you today, and I can't wait to share what God has put on my heart. Uh, we're in a new series entitled Breathe. Okay. Everybody say breathe. breathe. In and out. It's like the moment you try to start thinking about breathing, you forget about how to breathe. And one in, two out, out, in, out. And you just breathe. Just take a moment and breathe. It comes natural. It comes, comes right to you. And God's wanting to breathe something fresh and new on your life today. We got some music playing up here. Did you guys hear that? A little phone going. It's just, it was for me. It was the Lord getting me all psyched up. Um, I want to recap kind of what we've begun over the last couple weeks and go into new territory. So break out your notes, break out your Bibles, and I want you to write these down. In part one, when we talked about breath, we talked about his breath. It's not our breath that's so important as his breath. In John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus walked into the room and breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so the three points that I want you to take away from that in part one, if you didn't hear it, is his breath is where life begins. His breath is where life begins. Number two, his breath empowers me. And number three, his breath fills me. His breath fills me. If you're new to Bridge Church, we take notes at this church because we take what God is saying to us seriously. Do not call yourself a mature believer and not take notes. I have never met a mature believer that never takes notes because uh, everybody likes to give the immature response of, I'm just not a good note taker. I'll let her or them, or I'll just see what you post online and copy. Let me just tell you, if hopefully somebody will write something down because somebody will value how God will use them. And we got some great written scripture and text in here because someone decided to write what they were hearing down. So that's just food for maturity. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 6, or sorry, Acts, not chapter. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 40 was part two, and the four points that I want you to take away from that are breathe through the planting. Paul was trying to plant a church in Philippi, and the men refused to come out. Well, he went down to the water. There's a bunch of women praying, and the women built the church in Philippi. So everybody who ever told you women can't preach, women can't teach, women can't lead, ought to talk to Paul, who wrote all those scriptures that they try to twist and pervert in a different direction. He used the same guy who planted the church in Philippi with only women, and they built up the church so planting the church breathe through the pestering there's a woman who was trying to pester paul and annoy paul and he cast the demon right out of her and then they beat him and threw him in a prison so breathe through the pain and then lastly breathe through the process and this is what i would just want to transition from last week to this week is when you breathe through the process everybody goes through processes in life and you and, and i hear a lot of people talk about oh when i come up for air we'll go to church again oh when we finally come up for air then we'll take a vacation honey i promise when we come up for air, how many of 
heard that phrase before. Let me just tell you, you need to breathe through the process, young men, or you're going to pass out. You're going to fall out and you're going to be no good to anybody because if you're not filled, nobody else around you is good. If you're not healthy, no one else around you will be healthy. Healthy churches build healthy people and healthy people change the world. But healthy people need to breathe. Everybody take a deep breath right now. Just let it out. If you came in here and you gave church a chance, you gave the pastor a chance, you gave in the offering today and you gave and it was like you clicked that give button and your breath like literally, oh, and you were like, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Did it really go through? And then you go to your bank account. Oh, I, went, oh, I mean, I love it, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> right? You took your breath away. How many remember the first time you gave? Go on. You know, the first time you gave and they passed that bucket, you put the offering in there and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh. That's why pastors get weird looks from people. Because you take the offering before I preach. Then when I get up here to preach... I look at a bunch of people like, I feel manipulated. <laughs> Josh was singing. It hit me. The lights were low. I felt compelled to give. I feel tricked. And then you have this weird face at me like, let's see if it's worth it. <laughs> but you got to breathe through the process, right? Jesus walked through slowly through the crowd. Jesus took his time. Jesus you know, was able to breathe in the middle of the worst of anyone could ever face in the crucifixion. And he breathed, and the Bible says until he gave his, he decided to give his last breath. And he surrendered his breath. And then he came to the disciples and breathed. You got to breathe through the process. Breathe through the situation. Take your time and breathe. If Paul was not listening to this principle right here. Let me just tell you, a lot of you people want to change the world. I'm, t I'm looking at a bunch of leaders. I'm looking at a bunch of people who, I know a lot of you say, oh, I want to see thousands of people give their life to Jesus. Let me just tell you, this is how you're going to miss changing people's lives. It's this one principle right here. is because when you don't breathe in the process, you're going to be like Paul. And, and, and you're going to be the opposite of Paul, I should say. Paul got freed from prison, and he should just take off and run. But Paul wasn't afraid. Paul wasn't in a hurry. Paul wasn't anxious. Paul wasn't like excited. Paul just took his time and breathed. And what he did is breathe in the process. And when he breathed through the process, he was able to slowly walk through the prison and not run and escape from the prison. And as he slowly was about to leave the prison, he saw someone in need at the prison. If you are running through life and not taking your time to breathe through the process, you will miss the people in need around you. And you'll pass right by them. You won't be a help to them. And no wonder our world says the church isn't here for me because we're just running right by people. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And we got the helmet of salvation on us and we're just a bunch of butt naked Christians running around all over. Well, you got, there's some other armor you got to put on. You got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You got to take up the shield of faith. You got to belt, put on the belt of truth. You got to take up the sword of the spirit. You got to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm going to take a breath. And after you do all that, you got to stand and stand firm then, right? There's more to just you getting free. There's freeing other people because free people free people and healed people can heal people. Amen. Healthy people can help. If you're unhealthy, you know uh, that's why there's unhealth around you. Because you have to get healthy first. And then you help other people get healthy. So when you look in this text today, we go into Ezekiel chapter 37, which is a prophetic word for 1933 to 1945, really of the Jewish people and the Holocaust. And six million being genocide, brutally murdered, burned in ovens. 
And, and this is why it's dry bones. So this is literally a picture. And, and since the genocide of six million Jews, they have still not recovered back to their full number that they had before the Holocaust. They used to have 16 and a half million before the Holocaust. And they have not fully recovered and even gotten back to that number today. So th this is a prophetic word, number one, for them. And number two, it is still a light for you and I to glean and learn from. So the scripture has many faces and many perspectives. And so we can all grow from all scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. And anybody who tries to just teach you New Testament without the Old Testament has a good structure with no foundation. You need to teach foundation as well as you teach structure so that you can finally build something worth being a part of. Right? That's what, the, that's what Jesus said. I didn't get rid of the law. I built on top of it. I, I perfected it. So you have to have both. You have to be able to understand both and not look at the Old Testament as something that just is not for me. It is for us. So in this prophetic book of Ezekiel chapter 37, it starts off and it says, the Lord grabbed me. That's why I wanted to read the message version. The Lord grabbed me. Everybody say grab. grab. Right? He grabbed me. You ever grab, yeah, like you got a kid that's just frustrating you. Grab me by the back of the dirt. Grab me. Because the New King James puts it all politely. It says, and the Lord's spirit was upon me. And it carried me away but i love the message it grabbed me it took me somewhere i'm thanking god i want you to write this dude write this down breathe in the taking because god is going to take you somewhere this year how many believe that god is going to take me somewhere god is going to take me somewhere god is going to take our ministry somewhere how many believe god can take our church somewhere our nation somewhere instead of subscribing to the news that says our world is going to hell in a handbasket i'm going to believe god is taking me somewhere and not the world is taking me somewhere i don't need to listen to what oh man i could preach right now i'm preaching better than y'all are amen but this is a huge what is grabbing you what grabs your attention what is that uh, or, or some of those titles or those captions above posts that try to grab your attention. It has nothing to do with what the caption really had. But it was only just to lure you in to grab your attention. What is, being gra what, what is grabbing your heart, grabbing your mind, grabbing your life, grabbing your marriage? Grab is it, we, we, we went from COVID having nothing to do. Now we're back, full work schedule. Kids are back in sports, back in school, back in everything. It's all, what has grabbed you? And then, and then you literally are losing your breath as you're trying to keep up. And God is saying, you, the wrong thing has grabbed you. Let me grab, let me take you somewhere instead of the world just grabbing a hold of you and running with your life. I don't need the world to grab me. I want God to take me. And I need to breathe in the taking. I need to breathe that God is going to take me. Because in that picture, you see a hand. Don't you? I see that. When I hear grab, when I hear taken, I hear. And in the, in the New King James, it does talk about the hand of the Lord. But it moves. It's, it's talking about the hand of God taking a hold of your life. And let me just tell you, I'm so thankful that God took a hold of me. Because yeah, if I'd have grabbed a hold of God, my grip may fail. But I'm thanking God that he grabbed a hold of me. That God took a hold of my life and he, because everybody wants to say, oh, no, I'm the one who surrounded, I'm the one who gave my, I grabbed a hold of Jesus. No, you didn't. Your grip is going to fail. And if you continue to lean on your own pride, you're going to fall every time. But if you could say, man, I was a miserable piece of sinner and I, and I am saved by grace. Thank you, Jesus. And I am, God got a hold of my life. I shocked half of you at the first part of that. You were like, wait, what did he just say? Sinner. Okay. I, we, God grabbed a hold of my life. He grabbed a hold of me. And when he grabbed a hold of me, I have to be okay with God taking me. And God taking me. And God take, now, the next piece, piece is not just breathing and taking, but breathe 
in the valley. I want you to write that down. Breathe in the valley. Breathe in the valley. Why? Because the Lord's not just taking you anywhere. The Lord is taking you to a valley. I'd love to tell you right here today, oh, we're going to get rid of valleys today. This is a mountaintop church. We're at 7,000 feet by God, and we're going to see God just elevate us. We're going to go, uh, anybody feel charismatic for a moment? I feel we're going to go glory to glory, mountaintop to mountaintop. I am the head, not the tail. I'm the conqueror. I'm the victor, not the victim. Right, we get all that, but let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to some difficult places. We all want to preach there's no valleys, but there are, valleys are what grow you. The valleys are the gym for the believer. Yeah. I'm going to say that. The valleys are the gym for the believer. Get to working out. Yeah. Slap your neighbor and say, you better go to the valley. <laughs> go work out. Go to the valley because the valley is going to grow you. Because why? The valley is what will challenge you. And if it challenges you, it will change you. If it changes you, it will grow you. And we are called to grow as believers. But mountaintops won't grow you. Valleys will define you. That challenging moments, difficult moments, hard situations, the things that you can't explain, things that you just you couldn't have predicted, things that you don't want to go, things that you don't want to do, things that are hard. And let me just tell you, all of you who just say, well, that's not Jesus. My God is the God of comfort. No, no, no. He's not the God of your comfort. He is the comforter. And, and while you desire comfortable clothes, comfortable bed, comfortable house, comfortable work, comfortable family, comfortable everything, he is not the God of your comfort or your convenience. And God is the God who challenges your comfort and challenges. In the moment where the Holy Spirit, the comforter, came and filled the upper room, he pushed them all out of the upper room. How do I know that? The Bible says that they came stumbling out looking like they were drunk. Why? Because they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So who pushed them out of the room? The Holy Spirit pushed them out of the room. And he said, this is a moment of provocation. And God will push you. God is a good shepherd. But some of us like to see this good little shepherd with this little Bo Peep or whatever, the sheep next to him. I think little Bo Peep is the person, right? Yeah. The shepherd and the sheep. Uh, that's how much I read children's stories. i got to get better at this for my little girl who's on the way. But you have this little shepherd and you have the sheep and it looks all cute, but he has a rod and a staff. And the rod and the staff is to say, I'm going to guide you and I'm going to correct you. And if a sheep keeps wandering in the wrong direction, he'll break its leg, throw it over its shoulder and say, I'm going to teach you how to stay close. So sometimes the, the, some of the pain, some of the difficulties, some of the challenging moments, you weren't, it wasn't the enemy bringing it, it was God taking you to the valley. And saying, you've spent a lot of time on the mountain trying to act all high and mighty. I need to bring you to the valley and grow you a little bit. Amen. Mature you a little bit. And so you got to breathe in the valley. Breathe in that challenging place and say, okay, i got to have a heart like Moses. Moses said, I would rather stay in the wilderness with you than go in the promised land without you, God. And I would rather be in the valley with God than on the mountaintop without God. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? And I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and know that he is with me and his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Why? Because he guided me. Think about that scripture that David wrote. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is a man who's being led by God. God led him there. 
And God's saying, hey, I'm leading you some difficult places. I'm leading you some challenging places. I'm leading you to a church that's going to challenge your faith, not pacify your faith. I'm leading you to a pastor who's going to correct you when you try to act all crazy. I'm leading you to a church that's going to challenge you and check you when you try to act all weird, when you get all butt hurt and sideways. He's going to say, hey, you need to get your butt to church. Put a smile on your face. Fake it till you make it. Don't feel your way into an action. Act your way into a feeling. Your feelings will always lie to you. You need to breathe and you need to fight. Follow. Because that's what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to step out. And you know what? This may sound like foolishness to you, but the, 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 the words of the wise always sound like foolishness to the fool. So make sure that you're hearing this through the right lens. Because the word of God will never return void if you know it's good wisdom for you and if you're not a fool. So as you hear this, breathe in. Breathe through the valley. Because then after he breathes in the valley, that difficult place... He brings him out, and he's in front of all these dry bones. I mean, nasty bones. I'm not going to ask you who likes scary movies, but I hate scary movies, okay? I'm not a scary movie guy. I'm more of a Frozen, you know? <laughs> or uh, let's watch Wreck-It Ralph again. Or, you know, let's watch The Office 400 times, you know. I, I want to watch something funny that makes me laugh. I can't watch this, some of that. Now, now, violence or anything, I'm not talking about violence. I can watch that Braveheart. I can watch The Patriot. Those are my favorite. The Troy, all that kind of stuff. Love those movies. But, like, horror movies, just not into it. Don't like it. Because it's scary. It's, just, it's creepy. And, honestly, after casting demons out of people and watching that kind of stuff happen, you, you don't play around with that stuff. So if you've never seen a demon cast out, it's not fictional. I'll tell, I could tell you, hand, of, of, there are people in this congregation that have had a demon cast out of them. So you, you can, uh, it's not fake. It's real. And, and for, oh, let me kind of just go there. Uh, if you don't think the devil is real, you need, to, you need to check again. The devil is real. Demonic spirits are real. And this really, ha I had, there was a girl one time, she was in my mother's bedroom, and she was, uh, my mother was trying to take care of this girl, re recuperate her, get her back on her feet, and she was, a, uh, she was a foster care kid, brought her in there, and this girl walked over in the middle of the night, like it was midnight, and she just literally went and just had this demonic look on her, went over to my mom's dresser with all these little glass bottles of perfume, and then she just took her hands and smashed every bottle and grind them in, into the dresser, and then held her hands up to my mom, no blood on them at all. My mom cast the demon right out of that girl and said oh no devil not today and cast her out. that girl literally fell to the floor cold as ice didn't remember a thing and woke up and after she had been prayed over and filled with the holy spirit it's like a light came over her body and she literally could glow and she could see and she could move she got redeemed she got saved she got filled with the holy spirit she got baptized i'm telling you the devil is real and you may not want to clap about it but you better be aware about it and, and, and the devil doesn't want you thinking that he's real because that's his best trick. Don't worry, there's no hell. There's no devil. Just be good. That's not part of my message. I need to get back. So all these dry bones are around them. And all these bones are out there. And it's, Can you imagine the smell and the, the look? You're in a valley full of skulls and bones. And, and, and then he says, he, he asks a very interesting question. God asked the man, he says, can these bones live again? 
How many would have faith to say yes in that moment? I couldn't say yes in that moment. You're looking at a valley full of dry bones, dead people all around you. And, and you could be looking at our nation right now and death all around us. And you're looking at everything, the darkness around us. You're looking at all of the things. And you could say, who could say it could come back to life again? And that's why he responds. He doesn't respond with a yes, God, hallelujah, like some of us would think we would. But I'm glad he doesn't. Because he speaks like we would speak. He doesn't speak no because he's walking with God. And he doesn't speak an emphatic yes because he doesn't really know because he's still man. But he says, yeah. That, that, that's the land and translation of God only you know. <laughs> that, that, he said, yeah. yeah you know, like the higher your voice goes, the more uncertain you are. You're like, Maybe, right? And your voice goes up a little bit because you're just uncertain. Let me just write this down. Breathe in the uncertainty. You don't need to have total faith. You need to give God your total fear. You, you, don't need to get, you don't need to show up to God and lie and act like you've got nothing but trust. You need to give God your uncertainty, your doubt. All of us deal with doubt. All of us deal with uncertainty. All of us deal with that discouraging thoughts. All of us have that plague in our mind. And anybody who is self-righteous enough to act like they don't needs to be cast out of that demon that's in them anyway. Because you know what? We all have doubt. We all have that faith. We all have that moment where we struggle in our faith. And we, we say a yes. Did you know God will take a a yes with a question mark? Yeah. Yes. Right? He'll take it. Why? Because God can't, God can't get, grow your faith until you give him your broken faith. God can't build your faith until you give him your broken faith. God can't make your faith bigger until you give him your broken faith. God can't give you life-changing faith until you give him your lesser faith. You have to be able to say, God, I'm okay with you knowing that I don't have all faith. That I don't have it all figured out. That I don't know it all. Because this is a, a better place to be in than you think. This place of uncertainty. This place of, uh, this place of question, the squeaky. Man, thank God we have loudspeakers in here, right? I love loudspeakers. And man, the music's loud and the light's loud. Because otherwise, we probably would have heard a worship going on like I, I think I can worship I kind of worship I don't really know what I, I, I don't know the song or we're not even singing at all which is deadly let me just tell you a quiet believer is a dying believer and if you don't know how to worship even with words on the screen it's only a matter of time before your faith dwindles into the darkness you have to be able to speak your faith you have to battle against it faith is not the absence of fear but it's the it's the it's the motivation to move beyond your fear it's the discipline to go past your fear it's the discipline to say you know what even though i have fear i know i have faith and as long as i got a little bit of faith i think i can make it as long as i got a little bit of faith and i've got god with me then i think these dry bones can come to life and in that place of uncertainty is where life is lived there are times when we like to say, oh, yes, Lord, I know it's going to happen. Oh, man, 2020 was terrible, but 2021 is going to be my year. And we're going to have a great year, and school's going to get back, and I'm going to do this, and we're going to have vision. Oh, and then the Lord says, and we're going to restore your marriage. Well, and we're going to fix your finances. Ah. We can have faith, and we direct our faith to where we think where we really think it can get better, and it's almost a, 
a positive chance that it will. But God is saying, where's that place in your life that you've just been destroyed? Where's that place in your life that's, there doesn't seem to be any life at all, any hope. Because that's the place where God is going to do his greatest work. In that place of uncertainty. Oh, guess what? Next week we are launching four services, guys. It's going to be four services. Oh, my gosh. And nobody wants to get excited about it. That makes me even more nervous about launching four services next week. You're like, I'm not clapping because he's going to make us move to the 1245. And he's going to shift us over. This is the service I like. And, and But you know what? I'll wake up my I'll wake up and like, Five in the morning, and I'm not an early bird. I'm a late night. I'll wake up. My wife's like, you okay? Oh, just, just dreaming about four services. <laughs> How the Lord's going to do it. Wake up with a cold sweat. Whoa, everything all right, honey? I, I, I have a nice, comfortable bed. I have a comfortable house. I have a beautiful, wonderful wife. I should be sleeping well, but I pop out of bed and be like, oh, building fun. Oh, oh Lord. Got to build a church. <laughs> How are we going to buy a camping world? Oh, and my stomach literally just like, Ugh. And I'm like, but you know what it does? It causes me to wake up at 5 in the morning. And every morning I come here and I pray and pace this whole church and say, God, I can't build four services. God, I don't know how you're going to get a bigger building. God, I don't know how this is going to work out. God, I, I know you want to do it, but I don't know how it can be done. Will you help me with my uncertainty? And that is the place that we're in right now as a nation, as a world, as a city, as a state. We're, we're in this place of uncertainty. God, I have faith, but will you, will you help me with my unbelief? Will you help me with the places that I, I'm not so certain about? I joined this crazy church. We have a, a bridge course happening right after third service today, and it's packed out. We're going to have a huge class. And we moved it to after service uh, to bribe people with lunch and childcare. <laughs> So it filled up quick, and it was wonderful. It's amazing. But well, we, have, we have all these people joining the church. Wonderful. We have people in overflow right now, in the lobby right now, streaming online right now. That's, that's all great. God's growing it. But let me just tell you, I, 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 I don't have certainty according to what I see. I, I, have certainty, I have certainty according to who he is. And while God can do a great work and God can grow this church and grow these services and grow that, and there's wonderful people joining the church and it's going to fill up. Let me just tell you, there are places in all of our lives where we have uncertainty. There are places in all of our lives, I'm going to say it again, where we all have uncertainty. But if we can breathe in the uncertainty and be okay. Remember what I mentioned earlier, you gave for the first time. Wishing the offering bucket would come back. And you're just hoping there's that place of uncertainty. There's that place where you just don't know if it's going to work out. There's that place in your marriage. There's that place in your, in your school. There's that place in, in, in your calling. And how, anybody have a dream? A desire for your life? Let me just tell you, God will never lead you anywhere in your life that you don't need him. I'm going to say that again. God will never lead you anywhere in your life that you don't need him. And God will lead you into a difficult valley that you say, the only way this can happen is if God is with me and that everything I speak is I speak as I was commanded to speak. And I speak the word of God and breathe new life into this situation, which is point number four that I want to close with. Point number four is breathe in the dry bones. Breathe in the dry bones. Breathe into those dry bones. 
Breathe into those areas that say, you know what? I just don't know how it can work out. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know how God's going to make this happen. But you know what? I'm going to breathe into it. Didn't he say it? Remember when we read it? He said the word breathe and breathe and breathe. And then there was structure, but there was no breath. And we need to breathe. He said, breathe, prophet. Breathe, man of, man of God. Breathe, son of man. Breathe on these dry bones. And our calling is to breathe. God into our situation. Breathe God into the dead situation. Let me, uh, Andrew, do you have those pictures I gave you with Death Valley? Remember, uh, raise your hand if you know Death Valley. Come on, everybody in here should know Death Valley, right? Show the first picture of Death Valley that we're all very familiar with. <clears throat> this look familiar? Minus the 120, right? Death Valley looks like this. Now, a while back, that Death Valley, you know, has always kind of been like this. But a, a while back... Death Valley experienced this, what they call a super rain and got a massive rainfall. And it got a huge rainfall and it rained. This was back 2004, 2005, before 2004, 2005. And, and so it rained the year before, a heavy, 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 heavy rain, right? Which is crazy for Death Valley. Anybody who knows Death Valley. They got a ton of rain. And after it got a ton of rain in 2004, 2005, they had what was called the super bloom. And then show them the super bloom. The super bloom was the same place. And, and, and Death Valley grew. Now, now, now the, the point I want you to hear is not that oh, oh, anything like, oh, okay, God, if rain comes, anything could grow. No, no, no. All it needed was rain because apparently there was already seed in the ground. All you need to know is that I don't know how life could be. But if I'm supposed to speak, there must already be seed. If I'm supposed to speak into my marriage, there must be a point where God has already planted something. If I'm supposed to speak into my school, then that means God's already planted a seed. If I'm supposed to speak here, then that means God has already planted a seed. And all I need to do is water that seed. That's why Paul wrote in the New Testament, he said, every word of God is God-breathed. Every word in the Bible. So if you don't know what to say, say the word of God. If you don't know what to preach, preach the word of God. If you don't know how to pray, pray the Lord's prayer if you don't know what to say call on the name of Jesus and begin to pray and begin to speak the word of God into your marriage and your family and your finances in your community into our city into our state into our nation if God said speak to your nation that means the seed is already there all we need to come on all we need is a super bloom but what does that take it takes thousands of people to say I'm gonna help change the world I'm not going to teach people and introduce them to this. I don't, I'm not a fan of this new phrase. Daddy God. I, I may dress young, but I am not that weird. I don't say Daddy God. You want to know why? Because that's not how we refer to him. His name is Jesus. And while I call him Father, and while I call him on him, there is power in his name. And I don't have some mystical, weird type of relationship. I have an authoritative relationship that he took me as the Son of Man. And I can look to him as my Father and say, God, you told me to speak into this church. You told me to speak into Flagstaff. God, you told me to stay in Flagstaff when others told me to move to Dallas and move to Phoenix and move to Florida and plant a bigger church. But God, you called me here. So God, all I need to do is speak, is speak, is speak into this field and watch dry bones come to life. Watch dry bones come to life. Amen. You know, th this, is, this is the big deal, guys. 
is, is what happened was after he spoke, look at this. Oh, put that field back up there. I'm sorry. Put the field. I know you went back like you should, but look at that. It wasn't one flower. It was thousands of flowers. No, 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 no. Who spoke? One man. One man spoke with the authority of God in his life. Ezekiel prophesied over those bones. And when he prophesied over those bones, thousands, a vast army that could not be numbered. Millions. Because one person decided, where they breathe chaos, I'm going to breathe peace. Where they try to be critical, I'm going to breathe Christ. Where they try to breathe into my life, into our world. Some of you need to take authority over your world. And, and I'm not, we, we, don't, we can't change the world until you change your world. And, and you can't change your world if you're not witnessing to your world. If you're not breathing over it, speaking life over it. And saying, God, you called me to breathe new life. You called me to breathe new life. You called me to speak new life. You called me to speak new hope. Now, as you're standing, I'm a, it's, you can stay standing, but I still have a little bit of time. In fact, you know what? Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. I'm not done yet. This is why. I'll dismiss you in just, just a few minutes. Can I go just like three minutes? Three minutes? I'm going to go either way, so I'll just might as, you might as well just say, yeah, sure, why not? But we look, think about this. Why did God bring the prophet to the dry bones and not the dry bones to the prophet? Why did he bring him to that? Why did the demonic woman come to Paul instead of Paul to the demonic woman? Can I, can I answer for you? It's because the enemy thought by death and thought by the demonic stronghold that he could intimidate the man of God. But God didn't bring him into the situation to be intimidated by the situation. God brought him into the situation to intimidate the enemy. He said, okay, devil, you, let him, you, you got a little too close to my man. You got a little too close to my chosen. You got, you let the, oh, I brought the prophet here to raise up all these dry bones. Oh, devil, you shouldn't have gotten that close to Paul. If you'd have left him alone, you'd have been okay. But you got too close to Paul. And Paul cast the demon right out of her and set all of Philippi free. And then our church started to thrive and grow in Philippi and change the world. Why? Because you're the intimidating factor in the equation. Stop being intimidated by the situation and realize you are the deadly one in that situation. Oh, yeah, we could give God a good praise now. God is faithful. And God is calling us, calling us to change the world. And I say this every time, and I don't say it tongue-in-cheek, and I don't say it without love and grace. But let me just tell you, going to four services is a lot. And if you're not with us, I'd rather stay at three. If you don't like what we're preaching and changing the world, and you don't like my preaching or their worship, oh, I just wish they'd sing more hymns, and that would be great. Okay, go somewhere else. We need your parking spot, and we need your seats, and I'm not kidding. Love, because you know what? We need people who say, this is my house. This is the vision. This is what I'm called to do. I'm called to be like Ezekiel, and I want to prophesy against dry bones and watch armies come to life. I want to be like Paul and let the devil get a little too close to me, because you're not going to annoy me. I'm going to cast you right out, and I'm going to cast you out with authority, and we're going to watch a whole city change because there's people rising up to say we are going to change the world breathe new life into it breathe again breathe again now let's stand to our feet and let's give god some praise come on come on lift up a shout of praise in this place
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Ten more seconds. Ten more seconds of praise. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Breathe, 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 breathe. Breathe again, breathe again, breathe again. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God that all authority has been given to us as sons and daughters of the Most High God, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered, Lord, to change the world. And I pray right now that you would speak to your children, called by your name, created in your image. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody in here, God, who needs to breathe in the grabbing, something else has been grabbing them. It's been grabbing their attention. It's been grabbing their time. It's been grabbing their finances. It's been grabbing in every area of their life, and they are being carried away in the wrong direction. I pray that you take a hold of their life and bring them right where they need to be. And Lord, I pray that we would breathe in the valley. Breathe in that challenging place. Breathe in that challenging place. Lord, I pray that we would breathe, God, Lord, in the uncertainty. Breathe in that uncertainty. And I pray that we would breathe in the dry bones. If this message is spoken to you and nobody's looking around and you know this message with you at any point, I want you to raise your hand right now here and online. In the lobby, in overflow, I want you to raise your hands. Keep those hands up. Come on, tons of hands going up. Keep them up, keep them up. I'm going to pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, with every hand raised. In fact, I want you to put two hands up. If you really mean this, I want to pray with you, and I want to, I want to see a vast army rise up and change the world. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you. We're going to breathe again. We're not going to lose our breath. The enemy's not going to take our breath. God, we have the very breath we have because you have breathed inside of us. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we are now able to do the same thing for everyone and everything around us, and we are able to breathe new life. And Lord, we're going to breathe into that dry marriage. We're going to breathe into that dry faith. We're going to breathe into those dry relationships. We're going to breathe into that dry school district. We're going to breathe, God, into our dry judicial system. We're going to breathe, God, into our educational system. We're going to breathe, God, into homes and marriages. We're going to breathe into businesses. We're going to breathe, God, Lord, all over this city and northern Arizona. And I thank you, God, that the breath of God is falling fresh again today. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus today and say, you know what, I've been listening to this message and I've heard of Jesus or maybe I've run from Jesus and I gave my life a long time ago, but I, I really need to turn back and give my life again. If that's you and you need to give your life again to Jesus or you need to give it to for the first time and just surrender your heart, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for those hands shooting up. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Lord, I'm going to pray with them, every single one. Online, thank you for those hands, thank you for those hands. Thank you for those in the lobby, online, and overflow. With every hand raised and heart open, and every believer under the sound of my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now. As my Lord as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I'm forever yours, and I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody shouted a good amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Now smile. Can you clap and smile? Smile, because the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one gives their life to Jesus. 
So we all get to celebrate in this. And if you gave your life to God behind your seat, there's a spiritual decision card. Fill that out. Put it, pass it on. Let us know that you gave your life to Jesus today. And so that we can celebrate with you and celebrate what God is doing and what God continues to do. And for everybody, I want you to make sure that you're here next Sunday. Make sure you're here. Team night, if you want to be here and you want to join the team and you're tired of just being disconnected, you want to be connected, come to team night. Tuesday night, prayer night, pack this place out all the way outside with parking and down in this cafe everywhere around this building. And then I want you to be here for Tuesday night. No Wednesday night, Vibrant Women's Conference. Oh, yeah. And next Sunday, four services. And during the fourth service, I don't think I said it this service, during fourth service, the 1245, because I know it's so enticing. Did I say this? Yeah. Yeah. Did I say the Cane's chicken? No, I didn't tell them. Doug, what do you do? We got Cane's chicken for everybody who comes to the 1245 service. Yeah, Jesus. We got to help them get there. 1245. Glory to God. Glory Amen. to God. I'm looking forward to that 1245. I'll see you guys there. What an incredible word this morning. What an incredible word. Probably one of the biggest lines that I'm taking away from today was the part of breathing in uncertainty. I'm not, how did you say it? I'm not certain because of what I see, but because of who he is. I love that. It was so good. So, so good. Thank you, Pastor Landon. Let's speak this bridge declaration together. Let's have a blessed week. Amen. Before you leave here today, you know, try and meet like three more people. Yes. You know, if you, if you can tell, there's a few people that you could still meet in here. So let's do that today, okay? Let's say this together. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. We love you. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, Email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.